Our gyms are different. The machines do everything. They beat you and knead you and pummel you and shake you. You just have to be able to take it. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Maya Mukherjee. And I'm Leela Siskind. You're listening to Daybreak. Although the concept of working out seems relatively new, especially with fitness gizmos like Peloton bikes, deluxe weight trees, and the six-minute ab zone right here in Dillon Gym, intentional exercise has been around at Princeton for longer than you might think. With the recent unveiling of Dillon Gym's Class of 1986 Fitness and Wellness Center, exercise at Princeton has been a hot topic of discussion within the campus community. But while students navigate the frontiers of fitness, the gym's opening has the Daybreak team thinking about the history of exercise at Princeton. So what did students back in the day do if they were itching for a cardio boost? It turns out that starting in the early 1900s, first years were actually required by the U.S. Department of Hygiene and Physical Education to work out at least once a week. According to a Prince article from 1921, students could meet this requirement through, quote, basketball, boxing, crew, and gymnastics. If none of these options resonated, they could still hit the campus gym. Constructed in 1903, the University Gymnasium was the first to stand on present-day Dillon Gym soil. For just over 40 years, it hosted physical education sessions, athletic contests, student dances, and alumni dinners. That was until the University Gymnasium met its ultimate demise in 1944, when it was destroyed by a fire that started in the early hours of the morning on May 14th. In the three years that followed, the campus had no gym, which meant that students faced several inconveniences. For instance, in 1946, the Princeton swim team had to practice in Trenton High School, and home swim meets were held at Rutgers due to the lack of a functioning pool. In fact, in winter of 1947, Princeton's participation in formal swimming competitions was fully suspended for this reason. Dillon Gym and its accompanying pool opened in June of 1947, thanks to a $2 million donation from Herbert Lowell Dillon, class of 1907. It was about one and a half times as large as the previous gym, and boasted a swimming pool that was, quote, planned to be the best in the country, with six racing lanes. In the 1960s, there was an unprecedented exercise boom all over the nation, which, according to some historians, was ushered in by then-President John F. Kennedy's speech about the importance of physical fitness. I hope all of you will join in a great national effort to build a strong and better America through physical effort and through the contributions we can make by the drive and force we bring uh, to our daily lives. Kennedy also relaunched the President's Council on Physical Fitness, which tried to encourage Americans to take exercise more seriously. This nationwide increased interest in fitness also manifested itself at Princeton, with new tennis courts and Jadwin Gym both being built in this decade. In the early 1970s, Princeton's ultimate Frisbee team was established. By 1975, Princeton's players participated in a Frisbee tournament hosted by Yale against seven other teams. In 1978, archery, bike, and equestrian teams were, along with Ultimate Frisbee, among the list of sporting opportunities offered to students. This was a good deal more than the slim pickings for organized club sports in the early 1900s. Although the physical education requirement was still in full effect throughout the 1980s, a new course called Lifestyle Management was introduced that would help even gym-hating students fulfill their physical education requirement. The course's curriculum featured exercise, diet, stress management, values clarification, and time management. And while exercise three times a week was encouraged, attendance was the only criterion of the class. 
1988, the popularity of aerobics classes offered by Princeton's athletic department was growing from strength to strength. Forty people attended a comprehensive aerobics teacher preparation course held one weekend in March. Aerobics class attendees included faculty, staff, and students. This is clearly in line with the aerobics craze of the 1980s. Actresses like Jane Fonda created at-home workout tapes for all households to enjoy. Marching out, keep it going. This is going to start off your warm-up. Step touch to the right. Here you go. Step touch. Feeling strong already. Ready to go? We're going to start off with that right arm back. 1990 brought good news for the less athletically inclined Princeton students with the elimination of the physical education requirement. However, students still continued to use the gym, even without the compulsion. It wasn't smooth sailing from then on, though. A Prince article from 1999 reported on Dylan Jim's issues, with the article's title stating that, quote, Dylan Jim's fitness room provides an exercise in waiting. The article also took issue with the, quote, idle equipment and general outdated nature of the gym. It seems that the administration took this feedback to heart as renovations to Dillon began later in 1999. However, this construction led to many exercise spaces being shifted to cramped, remote parts of campus. Renovations ended after four months, with a facelift to Dillon and an entirely new Stevens Fitness Center, a rec space that is adjacent to the gym. It is also around the early 2000s that the culture of workout classes became even more prevalent at the university. Dillon Gym introduced spinning in 2000, a 2005 Prince article details how these stationary bikes are, quote, the new elliptical, and the writer sings praises of the efficient, effective workout that lasts just 45 minutes. At the time, students had to pay $60 for a semester-long pass to all exercise classes. Now, most group exercise classes are free, as are other amenities in the gym for students and gym members. And there are a lot of facilities after the new renovation, enabling students to expand and refine their workout routines. To hear more about how students today are faring with the new gym, we spoke with gym goers Beatrice Saldana and Lily Pampolina about their gym experiences. My name is Beatrice Saldana and I'm a member of the class of 27. My name is Lily Pampolina and I'm the class of 2027. We first asked Beatrice and Lily about what their workout routines entailed. Beatrice tends to utilize weight training equipment. So I weight lift, so each day will be different, but on a leg day, for example, I would start off with the Smith machine to, to do hip thrusts, um, and then I would use the free weight barbell to do, um, like with weights added, to do RDLs, um, and then use dumbbells to do Bulgarians, and some sort of isolated um, workout with like a weight, like step-ups or something like that. Lily, on the other hand, makes much more use of aerobic equipment, free weights, and mats. So on days when I'm lifting, I always start out with an incline walk. Then I do some workouts with the free weights, and I always end with core on a mat. When asked about how the renovations have impacted their routine, they said, I found it much easier to find a treadmill to use for my incline walking, but sometimes I feel as though the benches are very busy, and it's hard to get one. It's been great because it's much bigger. There's more squat racks, so it feels like I have um, much, much more room to work out. And depending on the time, there's more open stations. Um, but for upper body days, it's been a little bit frustrating because they got rid of pretty much all of the upper body machines. So I have to, I have to change my workout for back and arms and used um, dumbbells instead, which has been a little bit of an adjustment, but it's okay. Learning about Princeton's gymnasium facilities from many years ago certainly made us grateful for the relative luxury of Dillon Gym and its newly renovated Class of 1986 Fitness Center, with its adaptive motion trainers, arc steppers, and spin classes. 
So next time you head to Dillon Gym, be it for intramural spike ball or perhaps for a recumbent bike ride, take a second to remember how Princetonians before you let off their steam. And be thankful that a physical education requirement is no longer among the long list of distribution requirements you must complete before you graduate today. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Leela Siskind and me, sound engineered by Vitus LaRue, and produced under the 148th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Warren, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Maya Mukherjee. And I'm Leela Siskind. Have a wonderful day.